This video was made four years ago. I think having us imagine what Thanksgiving would be like without family, without food, without football, without shopping. I'm sure when this was made four years ago, they never thought we'd come to 2020 when you are going to have a Thanksgiving uh, that may not have football and food and family and parades and shopping. So when you take all of that away, what is left? Giving thanks. And isn't that what this is all supposed to be about anyway, is giving thanks, specifically giving thanks to God for who he is and what he has done for us. We are going to learn this morning how we can be more thankful, thankful more often as Christians because God has commanded us to be thankful people. Let's go to him in prayer first. Father, we are thankful people this morning. We thank you for the life that you give. Jesus, as you said, we were thirsty, thirsty for life. Thirsty for a full life. Thirsty for a meaningful and purposeful life and a life that lasts forever. And we have believed in you. And you have satisfied our thirst by saving us and giving us the Holy Spirit. So we come as thankful people this morning already, Lord. But Lord, I know that life can be hard and difficult. The things in life that should give us Thankfulness often we take for granted. And so, Father, it's good to have a, a day each year. It's good to have a reminder and a sermon every once in a while of what you've commanded us to do and how you have blessed us and how we can live our life in gratitude and thankfulness. My prayer is simple, that we would leave this morning more thankful than we are right now. Teach that in us now, Lord, as we come to your word. And I pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Are you more like Pooh or more like Eeyore in your personality? You know, Pooh always seems to have a happy disposition, whether he's looking for honey or the huffalump or whatever the thing is he was looking for and tracking. If he doesn't find what he's looking for, he just goes on with his life, even when he's a bear wedged in great tightness. He just seems to go with the flow. Although Eeyore is always gloomy. He's always looking at the worst in everything. Even if it's sunny outside. Oh, it might rain later today. And he's just always, I lost my tail. What am I going to do now? You know, that's, that's how Eeyore is. And isn't it true that some people have a personality where they see a glass and it's only filled up halfway. They say, great, the glass is half full. And others see it and say, oh gosh, it's half empty. And that's how we look at life. But regardless of whether you're a poo type of person or an Eeyore type of person, God has commanded all Christians to be thankful people. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And what I love about this verse is that often we are wondering what the, God's will for our life is. Sometimes God makes it as plain as day. Can it get any clearer than this? The will for your life that God has is for you to rejoice and to pray and to give thanks. 
They all go together. Aren't we joyful and thankful kind of at the same time? And often to find the joy and the thankfulness in a circumstance of life, you need prayer. And these three go together and are commanded of every Christian. But I want to help you today to understand how to be thankful when you are in times of blessing, times of routine every day, and times of trial. So let's talk about being thankful when you are blessed. Now, isn't it true that sometimes there is an emotional response to happy circumstances? You're driving down the road and you just in an instant miss having an accident. And you say, praise the Lord. You realize that your life was spared. Or or maybe there's a, a bill to pay and a friend gives you a gift of money. And you say, thank you, Jesus. I needed this and now I have it. Thank you. Bless you. Isn't it true that maybe you get a diagnosis from the doctor or a prognosis and it's good news? You say, thank you, Jesus. There's relief. I thought there may have been a life that was ending soon or a life filled with long time of treatment. But no, it's great news. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that what we do sometimes when we receive blessing? Sure, you've done that. It can be something serious, as I said, a great news from a doctor, or it can be something more every day. You find a great parking space at Walmart, and you get excited about it, and you say, thank you, Jesus. But what also happens, and it's amazing to me, that that moment of joy, that moment of thanksgiving, will often then turn into nothing. You know, we'll quickly go on with our life. Or maybe we'll think, well, that wasn't such a big deal after all, getting that parking space close to Walmart. Why was I so excited about that? Or even worse, we start to complain about something else. Oh, thank you, Jesus, when we missed the accident, but then we're late and we start complaining about being late. Or we got great news from the doctor, but then we start complaining about having to go for a checkup in three months, or we get that bill paid, but then we start complaining about the other bills that we have to have paid. And so there was a moment of thanksgiving and euphoria, and it quickly turns into, oh, no big deal, or even worse, this life is full of reasons to complain. Well, I want to help you with that. And it's not uncommon because even in Luke 17, there were 10 lepers that Jesus healed. It's a very short story, but it has a lot in it. These men who were lepers, you have to realize that they were apart from family. They were apart from worshiping. They couldn't have jobs. They couldn't make a living. All they could do is be really in misery with one another, begging for food to exist from day to day. But then they met Jesus. And Jesus said something very profound to them. He said, go and show yourself to the priests. And you would wonder, why would Jesus say that? Well, in Jesus' day and in the Old Testament, the priest also served kind of like dermatologists. And so if someone had a skin disease before they were allowed back into the community and back into the temple to worship, they had to be cleared by the priest. So what Jesus was saying is, go to the priest and, and show them how clean you are, that you are to be welcomed back. And what's amazing to me is that at that moment, if they looked at their skin, it didn't look any different. They weren't healed yet. They only were healed when by faith 
they started going to the priest. And when they did that, then they were healed. You see that step of faith? Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. They knew what that meant. But it didn't happen. Their healing didn't happen until they had faith and they started walking. But when they did, they were healed. But the amazing thing is that all ten were healed. There was only one of them that came back to thank Jesus. Only one. You thought maybe two. But what happened? I'm sure when they were walking and then they were healed and they looked at their skin, they started, thank you, God. Praise the Lord. There was that moment of excitement and joy. And there was probably from their lips praise to God for the, what had happened to them. But it didn't continue. They went on with their life. They started thinking about their plans. Maybe they started complaining. Oh, now I got to go back to work. <laughs> now that I'm healed, you know, now I got to go to church. I'm allowed to go back now. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't tell us, but maybe like many of us, for a moment they were thankful, but very quickly they went on with life or they started complaining and they never went back to thank Jesus. But one guy did. And he was able to hear from Jesus that you, your faith has healed you. Not just healed a skin, but healed a soul. He was a believer. He was saved because of his faith. Nine didn't. One did say thank you. If we are going to continue to thank God when we have those moments of blessing, it's going to mean that we're going to pause and we're going to reflect on what God has done for us. What happens in those moments of emotion is that we quickly move on. Don't do that. Again, whether it's something simple or something serious and profound, and you find yourself saying, thank you, Jesus. Don't just move on. Stop. Stop and meditate and pray and thank the Lord. Not only for that blessing, but for all the other blessings that you have. And what's amazing, if you make a habit of that, of stopping and reflecting and praising, then it won't be such, you won't have these big gaps of time where you only say thank you when a blessing comes. And then you're silent in your gratitude until the next blessing comes. It will become a, a habit, a routine of thankfulness. But most days, we don't receive great news or something that just makes us want to shout, thank you. Most of our days are lived just mundane, normal, average, nothing too big, nothing too small. And how can we be thankful in those types of circumstances? I think what makes us thankful in those is perspective. Isn't it true that when we live with blessing every day, we take things for granted? Or maybe we start to think that we deserve them. Especially if we look at others who don't have. Uh, this is uh, sinful, but we do it sometimes. We say, oh, look at what I've got. I deserve it. Look at what I've done. Look how hard I've worked. Look at all the great choices I've made. And this is why I have all this. And look at that person. They made stupid choices or they just didn't live their life like I have. And look, they don't have anything. That's not an attitude of thankfulness. 
that's an attitude of snobbishness or selfishness. So when we live with things every day, we take them for granted, we think we deserve them, or we don't realize how special they are because we're with them all the time. And even worse, we start complaining about what we don't have. Now, isn't it true you can see this in other people? You can see other people, how they may have amazing things and an amazing life, and they have so much to be thankful for, and then you hear them complaining. And you think, why are you complaining? Look at everything you have. But we look at our life, and we do the same thing. (laughs) We will complain about what we don't have, rather than being thankful for what we do. So how do we remain thankful every day when we do have so much? I think the best way is to count our blessings. And that's kind of implied here when Paul again says this. Let me read it again. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're giving thanks in everything, that means you're in a circumstance right now. And you're giving thanks in it. Because you're looking at your life and you're counting your blessings and you're seeing, especially if you look around you, how blessed you are compared to so many others. It gives you a perspective and helps you to be a thankful person. We do this at Thanksgiving, don't we? At least once a year, you probably ask your family, tell us one thing that you're thankful for. And you go around the table. And then you have the... the, the wise ones and the wise crackers. You know, the, you know, the wise ones will say, you know, I'm very thankful for my family. They maybe sound very spiritual, thankful for, for God or Jesus or something. And then, you know, I'm thankful the gravy's not cold, as some wise cracker says, or whatever, you know. So you, you, you do this at Thanksgiving. But don't do it just at Thanksgiving. Do it every day of your life. Give thanks for the people in your life. We've gotten a taste of what it's like to be isolated and alone. And it's not good, is it? We've gotten a taste. Although we're still together, we're still worshiping, you still are with family. But isn't it true that your time with others has been less? The hugs have been less? The interaction has been less? And aren't we wanting the day When the mask can come off, the arms can go around for a hug, we can have a big party, we can do all this again. What is that? That is being with people. Be thankful for the people that you have. You've gotten a taste of what it's like not to be with them. Could you imagine having no one, absolutely no one in your life? If you're here this morning, you've got someone, you've got your fellow brothers and sisters right here. And you have so many more people in your life. Give thanks to God for them. Thank God for your health. I know as you get older, and I know especially as you get older, that your health may not be perfect. It's rarely perfect for anyone. But really when you think about it, if you're breathing, if you're alive, probably your health is better than the worst person in this world who's one step into the grave right now. So even if your health isn't perfect, you can be thankful for the health that you have. Somehow you, are, you have money, whether it's Uncle Sam giving you your Social Security check or whether it's a job that you have or whether it's the inheritance you inherited or, or the gifts that people give you. Somehow you have money. Be thankful for that, that with that you can 
uh, buy food and you can buy a place to live. You have many possessions, many things. Uh, isn't it funny? I think about this with children at Christmas, but we adults are the same. Isn't it interesting that when Christmas comes and children open up their presents, isn't there a moment of wow and a moment of I've got so much in a moment of I can't imagine having to need anything else. And then by the afternoon, sometimes the toys are off to the side and maybe they have the catalog back out trying to find something else that they want. Or, you know, or they start hinting the next week, you know, my birthday is just around the corner. This is what I really like for my birthday. You know? So there, there's that moment of excitement, but then there's the moment of I need more and I want more. But be thankful for all the possessions you have. Be thankful for the opportunities that you have. If you want to live somewhere, you can. If you want to do something, you can. If you want to do something for the Lord and serving Him, you can do that. Think of the opportunities God gives you every day. Those are something to be thankful for. You have them. Many people don't. And think about all the creature comforts you have. I know you know this, but sometimes we forget. To simply have a tap where you can turn water on and you get water that's clean and drinkable is a luxury in a lot of the world. Especially if you have hot water. I know we probably take our showers every day and don't think anything of it. Unless the hot water tank stops working and then it's cold water. And then I'm sure you're jumping out, you're complaining, you're calling the plumber, whatever. But you don't realize how much of a luxury that is just to simply have hot water at your disposal. Much less all the other things we have. Homes that have air conditioning. You have a vehicle to drive. Even it may be 20 years old and have 300,000 miles on it. You may complain about it breaking down all the time. But do you realize most of the world doesn't even have a bicycle? You've got a vehicle. And a lot of us have multiple vehicles in our families. And I could go on, and you realize what I'm saying is that especially we as Americans, even those in our country who are poor, and I'm not trying to put down the fact that there are poor and there are people who struggle and there are people who are, have difficulty even having things to eat. But even with that truth, most of us in America are far wealthier than most of the world. And we take it for granted. And we're not even thankful for the hot water that we have. So, every day, if you count your blessings, you will quickly find out how thankful you can be for everything you have. And you know what? Even if you don't have the creature comforts and you don't have any money, you don't have a place to live. You don't even have people in your life. You know what? You have one thing if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and that is your salvation. And brothers and sisters, if we had nothing else, and all we had was eternal life and our sins forgiven and death defeated, that would be enough to give thanks to God every moment of your life and every moment of eternity. So even if you go through a long list and you say, well... The people in my life are pretty crummy and my possessions are old and useless and I don't have any. I mean, if you go down the list and you say, Pastor, uh -uh. that's not making me happy. That's just making me more depressed. Well, if that's you, when you try to count your blessings, then count this one blessing. Your eternal life. Your sins forgiven and death defeated. 
You have that, brothers and sisters. That's enough to be thankful for forever. And Paul reminds us of that in Ephesians 1, verse 3. He says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, not a couple of them, not half of them, every spiritual blessing that there is in this universe to give us has been given to us. The book of Ephesians reminds us how rich we are in Jesus Christ. And so even if we don't have the things of this earth, we have every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. We are the wealthiest people in the universe we should give thanks to God for that. Well, how do we give thanks for a pandemic? How do we give thanks for a tragedy in which someone dies? How do we give thanks for a diagnosis from a doctor that means our life is going to end sooner than we ever imagined? How can you give thanks for those things? The only way you can do that is to have faith. We are commanded to give thanks in those situations. Paul says in Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always for everything. That, that covers it all, doesn't it? It's not sometimes for some things or most of the time for most of the things. It's always for everything. So Paul is saying Everything that happens in your life, you should say, thank you, Jesus. Everything. How can anyone do that? I said it takes faith. It takes faith, believing and knowing this, that God is in control. Listen to Isaiah 14, 24. The Lord of armies has sworn, as I have purposed, so it will be. As I have planned it, so it will happen. God is in control. He never wakes up one morning and says, oops, I didn't see that happening. There's never an afternoon when he says, oh, shoot, now I'm going to have to come up with a different plan. I wasn't expecting that to happen. He doesn't look at your life and say, oh, no, that is, I did not see it happening that way. You know, that doesn't happen. He's in control. And he has a purpose and a plan. And it's going to come to pass. It's not always in the way that we would think it would come to pass. It's not in the same way that we would write the story. But God is in control. And also, this important fact that we believe by faith is that God is good. And both are important. As Psalm 136.1 says, and it's, this verse is in many parts in Scripture, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Both of these are vitally important. If God was in control, but he was an evil God, I wouldn't want that plan, would you? I mean, he would be planning our end and planning evil for us. If God was good, but he wasn't all powerful and in control, he could just be like an old grandfather and wish us well and hope for the best, but he wouldn't be able to do anything about it. But he is both good and powerful and in control. And therefore, we know that everything that happens to us as Christians happens for a purpose and a reason. And God is going to work it out for good. We know, Paul says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good of those who love God, 
who are called according to His purpose. Be thankful for everything that happens in your life because God's plan for you is for good and somehow what's happening to you right now is going to work out for your best and for your good. Somehow, some way, God's going to do it. Also, another reason to be thankful in every situation and be thankful for everything is that it has a purpose, especially trials. I mean, James tells us this. He says in James 1, 2 through 4, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. You see, when we are saved and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, He could instantly take us to heaven. If that's all our salvation was about, was skipping hell and going to heaven, He would just do that maybe as soon as we believed. But He doesn't because He has more in mind for us. He wants to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. And He wants to do that, amazingly, through the people and through the circumstances of living on this planet, living this life that's tainted by sin. But I think that shows how powerful he is and brings him more glory because he is able to use all of this that someone else would just say, well, just give up on this planet and give up on these people. But God uses this to bring about his plan, but also to bring about transformation in our lives. And so the trials of our life, the difficulties and the tragedies of our life are producing in us a stronger faith, a stronger endurance, a maturity that is a value for which we should be thankful. You know this, that if I had a bunch of bricks from my house today, and I was dumping them on your head. You would be cursing me this morning. You'd be cursing me because it hurts. You'd be cursing me because why would I do this? You would be cursing me because there's no purpose in it. You would be very upset with me, and rightly so, if I started chucking bricks at you and hitting you in the head this morning. Your attitude would be completely different if I was dropping gold bricks on your head, chucking gold at you this morning, Now, isn't it true? It hurts exactly the same. A five-pound brick from my house hurts just as much as a five-pound gold brick when it hits you in the face. The pain's the same. The suffering's the same. But why in one are you grumbling and complaining and cursing? In the other one, you're saying, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Because of the value that comes. You see, you're thankful for your suffering and your hurt because of the value that it produces. Just as as you're thankful for the pain that comes from a gold brick hitting you in the face because you know that you're going to be rich when you pick it up. That's why we can be thankful in those trials. And so, how can we be thankful people? I want to give you three quick practical ways to be more thankful in trials every day and when you receive those blessings. I don't know how many of you ever read the Pollyanna book. It's back from the early 1900s, so maybe not many of you. But Pollyanna played a game called the Glad Game. And what it was was she 
with her father's help, looked at the good in every circumstance in her life. For example, one time she and her dad came to a toy bin, much like these boxes in the back of the sanctuary, and they were hoping to look in and find a toy. There was no toy. There was a pair of crutches in there. Boys and girls, would you like that at Christmas, a pair of crutches under your tree? Okay. She didn't like it either. But her dad said, be thankful that you don't need those crutches. And so that was the game that she played. And then if you read the book, she goes through lots of tragedy and hurt and turmoil. And the people in her life do the same. And she's able to transform all the cranky, complaining, glasses, half-empty, Eeyore type of people in her town and her family and transforms it by playing this game, looking for the good in every circumstance. There's another way you can be more thankful, and that's to complain less. If you're someone who complains all the time and looks for the bad in everything, you're never going to be a thankful person because you can always find bad in something. That's like Eeyore, right? There's a motivational speaker out there today, Will Bowen, and this is his whole motivational speech. Telling people, complain less. And he has a simple way of doing that. He has a 21-day challenge. And this challenge is this. Take a simple bracelet. If you put it on one of your wrists, put it on your right wrist. Day one starts. And that stays on your wrist until you complain. When you complain, you put it on your other wrist and you start over. You're back to day one. And so the simple game is this. The challenge is this. See if you can keep that on your wrist for 21 days, signifying that you have not complained about anything for 21 days. I'm surprised anyone's able ever to do it. But he says it takes most people about eight months to go 21 days without complaining. But the whole purpose is, and I think it makes sense, if you get into the habit of not complaining you are naturally going to look at the good in things. You're naturally going to start to see with perspective how thankful you can be for how joyful your life really is. But you know what, brothers and sisters? As much as a glad game, as much as a 21-day challenge can be helpful, we as Christians have something much more powerful, and that is the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit, part of that fruit is joy. And where there is joy, there is thankfulness. You want to be a thankful person? Then allow God to fill more of you. The more we're in tune with God, the more we see with His eyes. We see with His perspective. We see with the eyes of faith. And then these verses in James that tell us to be joyful in trials don't seem so crazy. And when we look at our life, we don't take things for granted. We see them from God's perspective, that they are gifts from Him and that we should be thankful for them. So if you're a person who's like Eeyore and you're grumbling all the time, complaining all the time, what you need is a spiritual makeover, I guess, of relying on the Holy Spirit more, allowing Him to fill you, And it will not only change your life to make you a more thankful person, it will change your life to make you a more mature Christian and more like Jesus Christ. And that is the best way to be a more thankful person. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, 
My prayer is simple, that we would be thankful people. Lord, I know this morning there are some who had joyful news today. Others, this is just another day in a long list of days. And others are really hurting this morning. I pray for all of us, and regardless of what circumstances we're in, that we are thankful. Lord, I pray that your word this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in our hearts so that we are more thankful. I pray even now that the list of things to be thankful for would come to mind. I pray that beyond the hurt of our present, we would see the joy of maturity. I pray that we would see that the blessings we have that come seemingly in an instant and out of nowhere and bring such joy, they're not just for a moment, that you are always with us, always in our life. So I prayed, Lord, as I prayed earlier, that we will leave this building this morning more thankful than we are right now. Holy Spirit, do your work in our hearts, and may we say yes in obedience to you. And I pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Please stand with me. We will sing. As we sing, be joyful and thankful. I will be at the back to, be, to, greet, uh, to see you out. If you have any need this morning, you want to pray with me, you can do so now as we sing. If you are a guest with us today, meet me at the back. I'll give you a gift to say thanks for being here and tell you more about our church. It's time now to sing and to respond to what the Lord has said to you this morning.